and welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Management Family Therapy. I am so happy you are joining me on jrootradio.com for those of you who are new listeners. Here is what we do. We try to learn and to develop new skills and tools to renew and to strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. There's my standard intro. Thank you so much for joining me today. I just want to let everybody know. Today is freezing. If you haven't been outside yet, it is so, 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 so cold. And I, I actually have something to speak about the cold. We're going to talk about it at the end of the show. So those of you who can hang on to the end of the show, I actually have a pretty important announcement. Okay, um, like this, today, Be'ezus Hashem, will be a very important show. As always, there is so much to talk about. Marriage is so complex, so, you know, it, it works both ways. Marriage could be so amazing, and it could be so toxic. It could be so wonderful and fulfilling and connecting, and it could be so damaging and poisonous. And I just want to mention something, and the more, you know, to work with many couples, the more I work with couples, the more I see the effect that your marriage has upon your children's, your children's development, their, first of all, their, their, their psychological development, how they're doing in school, their social standing, so much is reliant on your marriage. I think I once spoke about your marriage are like the tires of your car. Think about your car and think about the tires on your car. So you think like, okay, there's so much in my life. There's so much going on. I mean, I have to make money. I have to take care of my kids. And I take the kid to the doctor. And I have to take care of this and that. And there's so many things to take care of. My marriage, um, yeah, I guess my marriage is somewhere in there. No, no. Your marriage is like the tires, like the wheels of your car. If those tires are not taken care of, if you have a flat tire, you can't move that car. So sure, you're going to tell me there's so many more important things about Greenfield in, in life. You're making it seem like marriage is the most important. You know what? You could call it what you want. I'm telling you, your marriage are like the tires of your car. You f you get a flat. You know, I actually have some car problems myself. Um, and uh, my car was annoying. We were sharing cars today. But you know what? I realized that if the tires are no good, then you're wasting your time. So you can have this great, V8 engine that goes from 0 to 60 in exactly 3 seconds. But if your tires don't work, there goes the car. Here is what I'm saying as far as your marriage. It's the tires. Take it very seriously. Take it very, very seriously. How many times, those of you who are know, when you see problems with children, with your students, you know, okay, something's going on in the house. It's like, <laughs> I don't have to ask. Of course something's going on in the house. We just Might as well just, just spend a little time, speak to him or her, and you'll see something's going on in the house. Well, what do you think is going on in the house? They're being privy to toxic atmosphere at home, machlokas, screaming. By the way, it doesn't have to be screaming. It could be stonewalling, blaming. Your kids know good and well when you're upset at each other. Be so, so careful with your marriage. Such a foundation of everything. Okay, okay, what are we going to talk about today? Today, I want to talk to you about something that's so important. And, and you know, like I say, many times, what, how do I decide what I'm talking to you about? Like, I just pick it out of a hat. It's just, you know, many times these are themes that I'm feeling when I'm working with couples. I feel certain themes. 
certain patterns, not just with one couple, with many couples, it's like, whoa, this is happening a lot. Okay, maybe I'll talk about it. Of course, I'm not going to say anything specific about any other couples. But what I will tell you is that we can learn from themes and patterns that's going on and things that I see, things that I, questions that I get, questions that I get, Baruch Hashem. We got a lot of feedback here. Um, many people call me, um, which I can't take your phone calls, but texts do work, and I do apologize. By the way, I will tell you like this. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's a Kaddish Baruch It doesn't mean like I'm some sort of who knows what, but I am very, very busy. I'm dealing these days with some real, real crises. Unfortunately, a lot of them are given to me at, at lit- literally last stage. I need a lot of siyata deshmai. It's a lot of time. So I know a lot of you text me with your questions, and some of you want to see me, I'm not ignoring you. I'm going to get to you eventually. If it's an emergency, it's urgent. You know, there are many, many resources out there. There are many resources out there, but it's not like I'm ignoring. Because I know a lot of people try to, try to I do, try get me, and I do apologize for that. Okay, what I want to talk to you about today is something that I feel is probably the most important piece of your marriage. Whoa, doesn't that sound like profound? Like, Rabbi Greenfield, what are you going to say? Did you ever say this before? What's the most important piece of your marriage? The most important piece of your marriage. The most, and I'm just talking about what I made up. This is clearly what the Torah wants from us, what Kosh under expects in a marriage. One most important piece of the marriage. And what is that? That is one word. And that word is commitment. That is, I would say, it all has to start with commitment. If you do not, if your marriage is not based on that word, and your marriage, in your mind, you're thinking, why did I marry her? Why did I marry him? I don't believe it. Well, I'm stuck. And what, by the way, when I say commitment, I'm not talking about commitment vis-a-vis that you're going to leave him or leave her. You're going to get divorced. Chas v'shalom. Obviously, we know sometimes that has to happen. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about even like checking out on the marriage. There are couples, I know it sounds crazy, but there are couples, believe it or not, there are couples who, they're married, but they're really not married. You hear me? They're married, but they'd rather not have their spouse around the house. Literally. I get texts like this. They'd rather not have their husband around in the house. They'd rather not have their wife around the house. They say to me, things are peaceful when he's not around. Things are peaceful when she's not around. And I don't even want to come home. Of course, that's, some couples are so devoted. They have a commitment for the marriage, but they don't have a commitment for the relationship. And that's actually, that's also important. Or I should say, that is what I mean. When I say commitment for the marriage, what I'm really talking about is the commitment for the relationship, for the connection, for the shalom bias, not just the commitment to stay. I, that's a, definitely one level. And the truth of the matter is, I just want to tell you that, um, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of people today don't even have that level. They'll be like, you know, something goes really bad and it happens bad for a while and goes bad and bad and bad and bad. They'll be like, okay, you know what? Forget it. I think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna look in the in the paper and we'll separate or this, that, the other thing. Can you imagine? Instead of being committed for the marriage, they're thinking already of moving out. <laughs> What is this? What is a marriage? Is it is it Elmer's glue that you could just like disconnect and then reconnect? Is that what it is? What is it? Is it crazy glue? It's not even crazy glue. You know what it is? I would say marriage should be like a soldering, like you solder two people together. <laughs> That's literally what it should be. You solder two people together, like one piece of metal. Not 
you know, not lichyot, like oh, I forgot who says this. Lo lichyot imasheni, lichyot etasheni. You're living the other person. You're not living with the other person. You're living the other person. Basar echad, you become one flesh. One flesh. One flesh and you want to move out? Like, hello? One flesh and you're going to stonewall your wife now for three days? One flesh. That's considered flesh? You do that to yourself? I mean, what is this? I, I want to tell you something interesting. It's like this. You know where this comes from. Do you know why we're like this? And by the way, this is not only in our community. I, I, I know even when I'm saying this, I'm not saying chas of course not everybody. But many, many, many couples, many couples who are even married today, you might be listening to me right now, married, and of course you would never ever dream of leaving your husband, leaving your wife, I'm just leaving because you have kids or whatever it is, you're committed. But you don't really have a, you don't have a normal marriage, meaning you're, you're not connected, you're not, you, you don't feel you don't feel like someone cares about you like someone loves you that someone respects you you don't feel any of that and you're just upset when your husband's home and you're upset when your wife's home because of whatever it is and, and, and I just want to mention the level I said before those of you who are thinking oh okay you know, I don't even know why I'm in this I should really like get out of it I, I don't know I can't because I have kids but I should really get out of it I, I just want to tell you you know where a lot of this comes from it comes from our society. Our society is a disposable society. Think about it. In, in the olden days, everybody had one thing, whatever it was, and they stuck with it. You had your one horse that used to you know, take you wherever it was, and, and that's it, your horse. And you don't change your horse. You have your horse. You have your home. You don't change. You don't move. There's no commuting. It's one house in the shtetl or wherever it was. You have that one place you live, and you live there for the rest of your life. And, 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 and whatever food, that there wasn't necessarily a selection of food. There was one thing that you eat. There's one house. There's one horse. There is uh, clothing. Yes, actually, I just spoke to someone who told me that back in the days, it wasn't like today, you know, today. Um, I think a lot of women could relate to this. And that is, you, you could go to the store today. They have, they have clothing that when they design this clothing, they're only designing and producing this clothing to last for a couple of months. Do you hear this? The clothing that you're buying in many, many stores. I actually heard an interview yesterday. Um, Andre, they were interviewing, I think, the uh, executive director of H&M. It's a bigger company, actually. H&M is part of it. And, and they were speaking to him, and they were saying to him um, you know, how he works with his clothing. And he, and he explained what it is. Um, it's something called fast fashion. What is that? What's fast fashion? Fast fashion means you're buying, you go to the you go to the store, you buy clothing, but you know that you're going to change this. You're not going to keep this clothing. You're going to keep it for what? Just for the season. Now, next season, uh, let's say, even if it's the next similar season, next winter, you're not going to wear the same clothing. Why? Because it's, it's not in style anymore. It's not in style, number one. Number two, it doesn't last. They don't make them in, in order to last. So it's disposable. The clothing is disposable. This didn't happen back then. Back then, you would wear one thing, and that's it. You have your chasuna clothing, you have your bar mitzvah, whatever it is, and you take it out. That's it. So we're changing everything. We're redecorating our houses. We're changing our fashion. Change, change the look. Phones. Here's one for you, gentlemen, if you haven't related to me yet. Think about your phone, okay? So what do you have? What type of phone do you have? You have a flip phone? Okay, Baruch Hashem, many people only have flip phones. They don't get involved with smartphones. Okay, but some of us need the smartphones, right? So the question is, do you have the same smartphone? Do you have the same phone? 
how long is you, did you change your phone lately? Oh, I had to change it. Why did you have to change your phone? Because it cracked. Oh, very interesting. Your phone cracked. L listen to this. Your phone cracked. You know, I'm sitting here in the studio and I'm looking at a, at a bottle of Poland Spring. Listen to me. This is very interesting. I, I'm, I'm looking at a bottle of Poland Spring water and guess what? It's, you know what's encased in? The, the water is encased in a plastic bottle. Plastic. Now, plastic is disposable. No question about it. But plastic lasts. As a matter of fact, um, if you take a look, many, many things today are made out of plastic. And uh, here, I'll give you an example. Your table, right? Some, there are a lot of plastic tables. You know, plastic tables will last longer than a wooden table or some other table because they last. But for some reason, I don't know why. I have no idea why. Maybe you could text me later on. Maybe there's a reason for it. But for some reason, your phones, especially those smartphones, the iPhone, the Samsung, and all those, they're made out of glass. And you know what happens to glass? It breaks. Yes, it breaks. How many smartphones you know that they just fall on the floor and they break? And when they give you the phone, they don't give you the phone with a casing. They give it to you without a casing, and literally all you need to do is drop it once, and it breaks. And guess what happens when it breaks? You need a new phone. And that's what's in our mind. A new phone, a new style, a new menu. Everything is new. We change every, a new trip, new cars. Everything is new. So you know what? I should get a new wife or a new husband. <laughs> Why not? That's the mentality. That's the world that we're living in. Tell me, no, I'm not really affected by that. I'm base medrash. Really, you're in base medrash. If you're in kolal, you're drinking coffee, I could almost promise you that 50 years ago, you wouldn't have had that coffee in a styrofoam cup or in, in a paper cup that you dispose of and throw in the garbage. They didn't have such a big garbage problem back then because not everything was disposable, and that's what's in our minds. I don't even know why why did I marry her. Why did I marry him? And a lot of us think that way, unfortunately. I'm not saying everybody, obviously. Most of you, obviously, Baruch Hashem, have good marriages. But for those of you, or even you have a good marriage, but every once in a while, you feel this like, oh, and you feel like you're losing your commitment. That's really what's happening. And we have to understand that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Al-Ken Yazov Ishes of Vizimo, Dovak Be'ishto, that's not like, oh, become, become one for like a couple of years. This is, this is it. That's it. That's it. And that should be the attitude. That should be the attitude. Unless, unless, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, you try everything, everything, everything. And it's funny because I, I work with people and they come in, like they think they try everything. Oh, yeah, I went to this therapist, that therapist, and I tried everything. Really, you tried everything? Well, why don't we, why don't we do like a, a comprehensive assessment, see what the real issue is, see if any of you need, actually need individual therapy, sometimes even psychiatry, and then try. That's called really trying, not just, okay, fine, we're, we're out, because we tried, so we're out, and things are so bad. So it's so sad, it's so sad that, that people don't have commitment today. It, it's a sad, and A, commitment even to stay with each other, B, even many people who are staying with each other, commitment in the relationship, and not to improve the relationship, not to work on the relationship. And it, it's sad to see, and I, I just want to mention a, a couple of reasons why I see this is happening, as far as lack of commitment. I'll tell you some of the reasons. I'll tell you some of the reasons. Um, and, and I really feel these reasons are clouded because many times, many times um, we, we don't realize. Many we don't realize. I'll give you an example. And, and it really does differ, I would say, men and women. I see different reasons for men, different reasons for women like this. 
many women are complaining that their husband is coming and he's attacking and he's blaming and he's he's just not nice. He's just not nice. He's so gruff and he's so cold. And outside, everyone thinks he's such a really nice person. And he's a Baal Chesed. He has so many friends, but at home he's so gruff, he's so unhappy. And many times the dynamic in that situation is that the husbands are feeling that they cannot make their wives happy because it's it really is a loop. It's a loop. The loop is that the husband's primary need is, is, is to feel achieved. In his home, he's not feeling achieved. He's feeling like he's not making his wife happy. So he becomes a gruff. He becomes attacking. He becomes blaming. And I'm not blaming this on the women. I'm not saying the women because the truth of the matter is the husband doesn't know what to provide, to provide his wife. He thinks he could just buy her a present on Hanukkah and boom, it's over. Or he thinks that you know all he has to do is, is help with the kids and boom, it's over. Or he thinks that all he has to do is bring in the money and uh, right, and it's over. And that's not true. That's not true. I'm mainly seeing by women they do not feel connected, cared about, loved, cherished by their husbands. They don't feel like their husband is spending quality time with him. And everybody's so busy. I'm not blaming the men either. Who's not busy today? But you literally have to carve out time for your wife. You have to. It's not, you know, do you carve out time for Dafyoimi? Do you carve out time for Mincha? Do you carve out time for Shachris? Well, you know what? It's about time to carve out time for your wife and set it in your schedule. Set it in your schedule. You have time. It should happen every day. How long? I would say if it's not happening at all, ha- not happening at all, start with 10, 15 minutes a day. At night, if it's not happening at all, happening at all. and you'll see it'll extend your, itself because you'll feel connected, you'll feel good, and that's what your wives need. A lot of these wives who are not happy and they also tzibrachin, simply it's because they don't feel appreciated, they don't feel connected, they don't feel they don't. They're denying their need to feel close to their husband, and instead they're projecting it as anger and frustration, and this is what's happening. Now it goes to another level. It goes to another level, and, and that is as follows. What's that level? What happens ultimately is like this. What happens ultimately is that women, uh, men also, but I, and we're going to shift. We're going back and forth. You know me. I, I don't you know, pick on any gender. But many women are you know, feeling, feeling empty. Their, fat, their battery is very, very low. It's, it's been beeping already for a very long time. When I say battery, I'm talking about the battery of connection. They don't feel connected to their husband. Their husband doesn't spend quality time with them. Their husband has no idea what's going on in their lives or in their children's lives sometimes. Again, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to shift the other way soon. But like this, what I want to say is that many times these women, your wives, some, many times will get frustrated. They'll get frustrated because they're not, they're not feeling co- close and connected. And I know you'll say you can never make them happy and they'll always complain, whatever. But the point of the matter is your wives sometimes are going to feel very, very frustrated. And they're going to complain. And they're going to be upset. And many times, rightfully so. And you're going to hear things which is going to, which is going to blow you away. And what I mean by that is, yes, I'm not going to, you know, we could start playing the game. But yes, when people have their hats on, it's both men and women, when people are hungry, angry, tired, or stressed, if you haven't heard that term, the term Baruch Hashem, I'm giving you to try to come up with that. Hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. What happens is they say some really nasty things. I'm not saying that's appropriate or acceptable. 
But many times you'll hear that from your husband or from your wife. And you know what? It's true. It's true. Many, many women, you know, women who are listening to me right now, they can say, no, I I, I never do. They're going to feel very, very upset. You want to call it emotional? Call it emotional. Call it what you want. And when they're upset, they feel totally empty. And it feels for them like you're never there for them. That's what they feel at that time. They feel like you're never, ever there for them. And gentlemen, you get all upset. You know why you get all upset? Not even because of the fact that you came late. Not even for the fact that you didn't leave him money in the morning. Not even for the fact that you, that you, you promised you're going to learn with your son and you didn't learn with your son. It's not, that's not even upsetting you because, you, you, Maisa, you're right. You didn't do that. But what's upsetting you is everything else that she's saying. That's what's upsetting you. What's upsetting you is the fact that you hear from her that you're never there for her and you, don't, you never care about her and you're, 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 you're always just into yourself, etc. Now, women, obviously, you shouldn't talk like that. But I'm talking to the men right now. When you hear that from your wife, gentlemen, you know what your issue is? And this is where you start feeling like you're losing your commitment. You feel like, I do so much for this woman. And, and, and she makes it feel like I'm never, ever, ever there. All she sees is negative. All she sees is negative. She doesn't see positive. Well, you know what? I'm going to say something now. And ladies, I, I know that ultimately you're going to agree with me. Though initially you might say, oh, I don't know if it's true. But ultimately you're going to agree with me. When ladies, when you, husband, men, when your wife, her battery is low, okay, it starts beeping, and and, and you'll hear complaints. You might hear like all sorts of complaints, and and you're never there for me, and 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 you know you don't care about me. That is how she's feeling at the time, and I literally have seen this with couples, where that is how she's feeling. Now, of course, I tell the ladies, don't use the word never, don't use the word always. Don't use those words. But for the men, when you hear those words, you know what? Why are you so focused on the never and the always and it's never, ever, ever that way? I can almost promise you, tonight or tomorrow, that same woman of yours who's complaining that you're never there for her, and if she's complaining that she never feels loved and you never want to spend time with her, instead of you arguing with her and telling her, what do you mean, you know, how can you say that? Last Just last week I took you out. Just We had a beautiful Shabbos. How could you say that? You have to understand one thing, gentlemen. It, the, the battery dies every day. Don't look at it as, you know, think about your phone. <laughs> think about your phone. Some of your phones are dying every day, and you have to charge it every night. That's how you have to think about your wife. You have to charge the connection between you and your wife every day. I'm sorry for being strong with you, but it has to happen every day. So when the battery is dead, it feels like it's always dead. It's dead. Right now, it's dead. So you're going to tell me, oh, how come in the past? I can't see the past right now. Don't talk to me about the past. You're going to go tit for tatting with her, and you're going to say to her, well, in the past, I try so much for you. You're right. You do. But instead, focus on changing it. Because if you're going to take this seriously, and you're going to be like, wow, can't believe it. My wife just told me I'm never there for her. I do so much for her. All she sees is black. All she sees is negative. I'm telling you, the same wife that just told you this, you can, you can turn her 180 by just giving her what she needs, the attention, the appreciation, the affection. For th- the same night or the next day, it could completely turn around. You know what your problem is, gentlemen? Listen to me, because I, I know a lot of you listening to me, and you even might have stopped your car right now or wherever you are. 
listen to me. The problem is you're taking you're taking what she's saying too deeply, way too deeply. May I use the word seriously? You're taking what what she's saying too seriously. I'm not talking about the part that she feels that her battery is is on low and her battery is dying. That's true. That's MS. But I'm talking about all the strings that are attached to that. When she says, you never care about me, and, 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 and we never spend any time with each other, and I, I feel like, what I, why are you taking that so seriously? That's how she feels right now. She shouldn't say that. And ladies who listen to this, don't say that. But when your wife does say that, that's how she's feeling right now. This is not a testimony in front of a court. She's not coming in front of a, as, as far as Edus and saying, uh, who knows, whatever it is. She's just, she's just saying how she feels. If you're going to take that seriously and say, oh, wow, I can't believe you. All you see is negative. All you see is negative. Ignore that. Be mevater that part. Be mevater that part. And instead focus on giving her what she needs. And you know what? Be machnia yourself. Be machnia yourself. Tell her she's right. Even if you feel that she's not 100% right, say, you know what? I'm sorry. And just take it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what? There, I can almost guarantee you, gentlemen, that some of what she's saying is not true. And ladies who are listening to this, I could gu almost guarantee you that when your husband complains the same way, a lot of what he's saying is not true. It works both ways. It doesn't only work one way. It works both ways. But what I'm saying to you is be mevater. Don't like, this is not a Gemara. Guys, this is not a Gemara. Your wife is not a Gemara. Don't start like, well, your says, your says over here, and then your over here. So how come you told me over this when you know whatever? Your wife is not a Gemara. Your, your wife is your, your Ezer Konegdo. That's what she is, Ezer Konegdo. If she's feeling low, don't try to slug her up. Don't try to slug her up. Don't try to slug her up. Just accept it. And even though you know what she's saying is not true, and you know some of the blaming is not true, what you do is you be like a Kaddish Baruch and say, you know, I'm just, I'm just whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And just give her what she needs. And you can see everything will change. And the next day, she'll be all happy. And you'll see the next day. You can ask her, by the way, you know, don't do this, by the way. But if you were to ask her and say to her, you know, by the way, last night you said, like, I'm never there for you. Is that true? She's like, no, that's how I felt at the time. I was just in a bad mood. She might tell you that. Well, how come you said it? You said it. You texted it. You're right. She shouldn't have. But you took it seriously. That's the point. That's the point. The point is, yeah, she said it. But the other point is, is that you're taking this all so seriously. Like, hello, calm down. No, they have a word. Chill out. Don't get so, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I want to say something, you know. Those of you who, today's Thursday, and you might be hearing the show on Monday. And it's funny because both Thursday and Monday, we say, what do we say? We say Tachnon. Um, we say Tachnon, right? We say Tachnon. And, and the Sephardim, they might not call it Tachnon. They, uh, hmm, see what they call it. Right? Anna, right? Anna. So, so what are we saying? You look at almost every paragraph of Tachnon is saying what I'm saying right now. What I'm telling you right now about letting things go, I mean, like you hear your wife is complaining and you're never there for me and how comes this and that? And you're, you're like, all you're doing is being negative. Or you hear your husband, same thing, you hear your husband and he's complaining that, you know, I can't rely on you and I tell you the only time. And you know, it's not true. Take a look at what it says. I'm looking over here on the Svarty Tachlan actually, because here is, this is what we have in the studio over here, right? So, Again, it's talking about chesed. Or, let's see over here. Did you say this this morning, gentlemen? 
I'm sorry to be so blunt, but you said Tachnon this morning, right? Unless there was a Kiddush or a Chassid and someone in the Shul and you weren't saying Tachnon. The ladies, maybe you didn't say Tachnon, but listen to this, because every paragraph of Tachnon, it's the same thing. Chaneinu v'aneinu ki ein banu masim. Chaneinu. Chaneinu, right? Answer us, have mercy on us. Because we don't have, we don't have maisim. We don't deserve it. Asayimanu chesed. Do with us a chesed. Vahoshienu and, and, and salvage us. Yichazacha Hashem aleinu. Al tizkav Hashem. Chesed chinam. Hold on a second here. Let's see what we have. You take a look at every paragraph of Tachnon, literally. Uh, every paragraph is the same theme. Hashem, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But I'm asking you to do this for me anyways. And I deserve much worse. If you would work and meet us a din, it wouldn't work. But I'm asking you anyways. I'm going to and that's the theme of Tachnon. You say this every Monday and Thursday, and we ask Hashem, Hashem, we don't deserve it, but do it for us anyways. We're really bad, but ignore, be mevater. Hashem, please be mevater with us. Hashem, please, please be mevater with us. You know something, gentlemen? You can ask your Rav. I can, almost, I can almost promise you that he's going to agree with me. You know what's more important than saying these Tachnonim? I'm not saying you shouldn't say it. Chas v'shalom. Of course say the Tachnonim. But you know what's more important? I'll tell you what's more important. For you to act this way, do you hear me? For you to act this way, when your wife says things and she's blowing things up, or when your husband's saying things and he's blowing things up, and they're being emotional, they have their hats on, not to take them seriously, number one. And if you are taking them seriously, to say, you know what, I don't deserve this, but I'm going to let it go anyways. I'm going to be my voucher anyways. And Hashem, you're giving me an opportunity. Hashem, you're giving me an opportunity. I'm going to let it go, and I'm just going to focus on what my wife wants. My wife really wants quality time. She, if for her it's important for me to be on time, for her it's important for me to learn with the son, for me, for her it's important for her to leave me money, for her it's important not to leave my socks on the floor. Whatever it's important for her, for her it's important for me to be on top of, of the health insurance and whatever else it is, you know what? Let me focus on that instead of focusing on everything else that she just told me because I'm really upset at her right now. I don't deserve this type of blame. I really don't. And just to focus on that. Now, I, I will tell you, I will tell you, if Ladies and men, if you're blaming, 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 nonstop, blaming, 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 and blaming some more, then you can have a big problem in your house. There's only so much that a person could deal with. You know, I, there is only so much that a person could deal with. I'm not going to say not. I'm not again. I'm not giving permission for you to, to, you know, to fight at us after a certain point. But this is not a green light for you to blame. You should not be blaming at all. At all, you should not be criticizing. You should not be blaming. You should not be attacking. You should not be short-tempered. But guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, your husband will be like this. Your wife will be of them when he's wearing his hats on, when he's hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. And you're going to take him seriously. So you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Here's a story for you, okay? Here's a story for you. Here's a story for you. So this guy comes home, okay? And uh, he, 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 you know, he has to go pick up his wife. 
and they're going to go together shopping on Thursday. They're going to go together to, let's say, they're going to go shopping together to Moishas, to who knows where, to Pomegranate, or you're gonna, um, people who listen to Brooklyn, people listen wherever you are. You're going shopping together with your husband. How lovely. And your husband, right? So I'm talking to you men right now. You're going to pick up your wife. You're going to go shopping for Shabbos, and you go with her, and you help her, and you shop together with her, and you fill the cart for her and everything, and you're coming home from work. You know, you're coming home from work. And now, you know what happens? You're late. You're late. You were supposed to come a little bit earlier, but now you're late and you're going to go with her to the store. Now, the truth is you have a very good excuse for being late. Of course, we always have good excuses. <laughs> There's always a reason I did it. I'm never wrong, right? Okay, fine. You have a good excuse and you come home. And you see that you come home and your wife doesn't greet you. She doesn't say hello. She's like busy with whatever it is. And like you're ready. And then she comes and you can tell, you know, you can tell your spouse is upset at you. They don't even have to say anything. You could just look at your spouse and you see that they're upset. But you know what they're doing this time? They're not screaming at you. They're not blaming you. They're not questioning you. Instead, what your spouse is doing, they're being mavatar. This is very important I'm about to tell you right now. Wow, this is so important. I hope you're listening. Many times, your husband and your wife is going to be doing the right thing. They're going to be mevater. But you can tell that they're still upset at you. You can just tell. Either they're not talking to you, they're not greeting you, they're not being normal with you. But they're upset. Now, they're upset because, let's say, you're late. Or they're upset because you didn't leave me money, their money. Or they're upset for whatever it is. You know, and you have a choice now. You can say, why are you upset? Why are you upset? I don't understand why you're upset. Why? Because I came late. Like, I had a good reason why I came late. And you're going to go on and on and on with that. And you're going to start explaining them why you're late. Or you're going to explain them why you didn't leave the money. Or you're going to explain them why you didn't learn with the kid. Or you're going to explain them why you didn't pay the bill and now they're all nervous. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Okay? And they're upset at you. Listen to me very carefully. I'm really talking more to the men than the women. But the truth is it's, it's, it's a problem both ends. And that's like this. You have a choice right now. You see your wife is upset, but she's not saying anything. What do you want to do? You want to dig? You want to dig, right? You want to dig. You want to dig and dig and dig more until like you get it out of her. And then if you're going to get it out of her, it becomes into a big fight. Let it go. Let it go. Trust me, it's not easy for her to let it go herself. She's not saying anything. This works by, by, by the other way around also. Ladies, when you see your husband's upset at you, but you know, you know he's not saying anything. Let it go. There might chances are there's other things that are, are upsetting him or upsetting her. I'm telling you, most times, it's not just the fact that you were late, gentlemen. It's not the fact that you were just late and you promised to be on time and she liked coming, going to my shows early or the PTA early because you know when you go to PTA, if you come late to PTA, then you have to stand online. But you, your wife likes coming early and now you're late and you might have a very good, good excuse. But chances are that she got herself ready. Chances are that it was hard for her to get a babysitter. Chances are that the baby was crying and making her crazy and kvetchy and pulling, pulling at her the whole day. You think she's just upset at you. There might be other things that have nothing to do with you, which naturally she would displace her frustration on you. But she's controlling herself. She's not saying anything. Of course it's uncomfortable. Of course it's uncomfortable to take your wife into the car now and go to Maisha's or to go to PTA or to go shopping or whatever it is and she doesn't say a word to you. It's very uncomfortable. I know it's uncomfortable, but guess what? Guess what? She's doing the right thing. You want to do the right thing? 
be mevater. But you know what you're thinking to yourself? You're thinking to yourself, she doesn't even have a right to be upset at me right now. I want to explain her why she has no right to be upset at me because I have a lot of good excuses. So I want to explain her why she shouldn't be upset at her. It ain't going to work. You hear me? And I'm very serious about this. It's not going to work. Because right now, in essence, she really has her hats on right now. She is hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. And probably it's the stress part. And very, very, very well, it's stressed because of you. And even if it's not because of you, she's stressed because of something else. So she might not even know what she's stressed about. And I can almost guarantee you, if you push the issue, it'll become a fight. Do you hear me? Do you hear me how, many, how much opportunity you have to be like a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Because right there and then, if your wife is doing the right thing, and she's not saying anything, she's just quiet, and you know she's upset at you, just give her time. She's giving herself time. Give her time. She can't think straight right now because she's so upset. And ladies, this might be happening with your husbands also. When you see your husband is so upset, he's so upset at you, for whatever reason it is. I, you know, you could be smart. You can use your bean and say, you know, the truth is he's not really upset at me. He's just upset because... You know, he has bills, or he didn't get sleep last night, or he's just upset about something else. He's hungry. Or you can feel like he's blaming you. And you know what's going to happen is, what's, I'm going to tell you to be down the kafschus. Of course, I'm going to tell you to be down the kafschus. So you're in the car now with your wife, and your wife is very upset at you. You know she's upset at you because you came late. And she's not saying anything. She's like, hi, how are you, whatever. And like she, but she's controlling herself. And you have the option right now. Either you're going to push her buttons and say to her, you know, why are you upset? The truth is the matter is, you know why I was late? Because this, that, and the other thing. And push and push and push and push until it becomes a fight. Or you're going to say to yourself like this. Either down, either be down the cops close, which is the high level, which is saying, you know, maybe I don't understand what's going on with her today. Maybe something else happened. She might not just be upset at me. She might have had a hard time. Something else is going on. And if you can't be down the cops close, and what you feel, this is actually much more common, when you can't be down the cops close, Instead, what happens is you feel that she's blaming you for something and you don't really deserve it. Even though she doesn't say a word, but in her mind, she's upset at you. Listen to me. Be like Hashem. Everything you ask Hashem to do, you be like Him. Do chesed for no reason. She doesn't deserve it. But you know what? Be chesed lechinam. And you're going to see if you just give her the time. Just go to Maishas or go to the PTA or go to Kolel or wherever you listen. Go and make a lot. I don't want to pick one story over the other. And we have a larger audience than just Brooklyn. We have people listening um, other places as well. So wherever you go, just go. Just go. It's an awkward time in the car. Fine. She's not saying anything. Just go. You don't say anything. Ladies, if this is happening with your husbands, when you see he's upset but he's controlling himself, don't push, don't push, don't push. You're going to push. What's going to happen is it's going to lead to a fight. So just let it go. Let it go. Be mevater. Just do chet, be like Hashem. Right? Just be like a Kaddish Baruch Be like a Kaddish Baruch Kel Rachel v'chanon. And then you're going to see this is all going to bring bracha to your house. This is so much more important than, than saying the ana or the tach. I'm not saying not to say it. But this is more important. This is much more powerful. Hashem kol Right? It says, Someone who's, who's You're controlling yourself. You're not letting loose. You're not letting loose. Control yourself. But it's not fair. Rabbi Greenfield, yeah, but it's not fair. It's not fair. Guess what? You know, we say to our kids, life is not fair. The truth is, it is fair. But at the time, you have to feel, 
Life is not fair, and I'm being like Hashem. And that's, I want to tell you, what I'm talking about right now is so pivotal for your marriage that if you don't do these types of things, you're going to have a horrible marriage. You will have a horrible marriage. It's, it's, it's going to happen because you're just going to get one fight into the other fight, and you're not going to realize that you're never going to win the argument. You're never, and I see this with couples all the time, you're never going to win the argument. It's a tit for tat. Sometimes, actually, in session, I just let people do it. Let's analyze what just happened. You're not going to win the fight, even if you're right. And you are right, but you're not going to win. So if she's letting it go and not saying anything, let, don't say anything. If he's letting go and he's not saying anything, don't say anything. Just be mevater. Be like Hashem. You're going to see. And this is what I mean by commitment. When I say the word commitment, this is also what I mean. You're committed to the marriage so much so. You're committed to the relationship that you're going to control yourself. And even though this thing really deserves a fight, you hear this is a very stark election I'm using now. This issue, this piece of content, this deserves a fight because it's really not fair. But you know what? You're going to let it go anyways. And this is the stuff that amazing marriages are made out of. Chesed Chinam. Um, which is complete, unfeathered chesed. You don't deserve it. You're blaming me. You're upsetting me. But I'm going to let it go anyways. And this, this is mamish what, this is, I say, the pinnacle of marriage. And this brings kedusha. This brings kedusha. And this brings bracha into your home as well. I, I want to say something else. I, I want to say something else. Um, just in reference to something that we spoke about last week. I know last week was a pretty important show. We spoke about... Uh, we spoke about hierarchy in the marriage and the misconception that the husband is the ruler in his home. He is the, 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 the not just, we're not talking about melech, we're talking about the ruler and it's his way or the highway and when he says something, everybody must, must listen. It's a misconception. Yet, to understand that in a certain sense, a healthy marriage has a healthy hierarchy, the same way that your husband sits at the head of the table, the same way that there is a certain amount of respect. Your husband leads the Shabbos table. You want him to lead the Shabbos table. And for the husbands to understand, it's not you ruling over your wives. It's not what it is. It's not subjugating or enslaving your wives or your kids. It's them accepting your leadership role, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I know, you know, I don't know who's listening to me here. I mean, we have our community, Baruch Hashem, listening to me. There might be secular people listening to me. It's like, whoa, we need a leadership role. The husband has to have a leadership role. Yes, yes, yes. It's accepting a certain leadership role. But this leadership role is like the pilot and the co-pilot who work together. And ultimately, the co-pilot says to the pilot, okay, whatever you want. But the pilot will speak to the co-pilot. The captain, like our victim Miller says, will speak to the first mate and take his things very much into consideration. And of course, there are certain areas that merely the base of the Gemara says that we completely say, okay, this is your role, this is your house, this is your kitchen, this is your whatever it is. You tell me what you want, and that's, that's the final word. That's the final word, the final word. So really, and also very, very important, when a woman is talking about herself, whether it's her, her, her self needs. So if she says a lot, you know, whether it's clothing, you know, well, you think this is clothing is fine. You think these shoes are fine. I'm telling you, I, I don't feel comfortable with them. I think I need new shoes. Not because, you know, of course, there are ladies who are spenders. And don't get me wrong. I know there are a lot of ladies who are spenders. But 
what the woman feels. You know what? I don't have any shoes. I know for you, you're a man. You don't understand why I can't wear my black shoes for everything. But I can't. I can't. And she says this about herself. And to just, you know what? Listen. She knows about herself. She knows about herself. Whether it's clothing, whether it's how she feels, whether, you know, it's household items, etc., etc. That type of thing. But on the same token, for... The, the men to understand that your wives want to feel taken care of. It's not, they don't want to be subjugated or enslaved. <laughs> no, no, no. And Kenyan is not a Kenyan moment, it's a Kenyan Isra. We're not getting into it right now. But, but they want to feel taken care of. They want you to be the king. And that is the economy. There's no question about it. I'm not trying to like wiggle myself out of this. I'm trying to tell you that when the Rambam says you should treat your husband like a Tsar, like an officer, like a king, it doesn't mean that he's the ruler of the house. It means that you accept him as your king because you know he's going to take care of you. You know he'll be there for you. You know that when you guys are going to go out, he'll have a place. Remember, you know that he's going to lead the Shabbos table, sit at the head of the table. So you say, you're my king. How can I? You know, I did this for my king. And that will allow, that will motivate him to take care of you. If he doesn't, and if he's taking that and abusing that, that as if to say, and saying, well, yeah, I'm the king, so it better, um, you, better, you better do what I say. You better do what I say because I'm the king. That's not a king. That's a ruler. A king, we said the gra, is what? On the same exact level. It's not a king. It's a melech. It's actually different. Same level. Same level as, as the uh, same. You know, I would like to use the word president, but today, you know, we use the word president. A lot of people are, like, very turned off by that word. But in a certain sense, when you think about the president, right? You think the president... People on the radio say things, bad things about the president all the time, right? People say, how could they say he's the ruler? You have to listen to him. No, because in a, he has the leadership role. He has the leadership role. That's because he was elected, right? So as I say to women, believe you me, it'll be so, so, so good in your house if you treat your husband as a, as a king because you decided you're accepting him as the king meaning what's important for him to serve him, him to leave the Shabbos table, or to ask him, what do you think? Well, what, what should we do? And if you see that he's abusing the privilege and sort of becoming more of a ruler, where he's sort of becoming more of a, of a shalit type of thing, where he's in charge and has to be this way, and he's, you know, type of thing, I say, you, know, you can uncrown him, as if to say. You can uncrown him, but try it and you'll see. He'll get that covet. It's very important for him. And gentlemen, not to abuse, but... And, Every issue to consult with your wife. Every issue to consult with your wife. And if it's an issue of merely the base, like the Gemara says, right? Something to do with the home. Guess what? Hashem wants you to listen to her. Hashem wants you to listen to her. Hashem wants you to be able to provide her with whatever she needs in the home. If it's something to do with the children and she has a certain feeling about a certain child, child needs a tutor, this, that, and the other thing, you better take her very seriously. Take it very, very, very seriously. I want to tell you, if couples work together and they're consulting with each other and they don't dominate, and I was talking last week about the husband dominating, but I just want to mention something, and that's as far as ladies. Ladies, unfortunately, a lot of women have dominating personalities and they come into the home and they dominate. That's not healthy. That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants a couple to work together. Eze Connecto, Basar Echad, we work together. Yes, we treat our husband as a king. Yes, we treat our wives as queens. You treat your husband as a king, he'll treat you like a queen. But no, there's no domination here. There's no domination. 
that's just, I, I just want to mention that. I, I don't think I got that point across last time as much as I wanted to get that point across last time. I want, I want to mention something else before I go. I said I'm going to mention this. Thank you for listening, by the way, today. Like this. Um, okay, so, so you know, this is a, this is a show on Shalom Bayes. This is, this is a show to help empower your marriages. This is a show that we, Baruch Hashem, have a lot of siyad shemaya. And I, I don't usually do this, but I, I'm going to say like this. If you've been outside today, it is freezing. It's very, very cold. I don't know when you're listening to this. It's very, very cold. I'm, I'm, this is a live show on Thursday. I'm going to tell them to delete this last part on Monday, on Monday night because it's not no gaya. And that's like this, ladies and gentlemen. I, I just got a couple, the beginning of the week, I got a, I got a, a text, I got many texts from an old friend of mine. He told me, please call me, it's very important. And he says like this. He says he has, he has somebody on his block. I'm not going to say where he lives. He has a from guy, Nebuch, it's a complicated. There was divorce in the family. And when there's divorce, those of you who are divorced, you know it's not simple. And there's a lot of expenses. And it's not a good situation. The bottom line is this guy is divorced. He had to pay a lot of money. He has custody of the kids. It's a very complex situation. Obviously, I can't give you the details. But what I could tell you is one thing. And this is very important. Because I actually verified this. And that is... He's been reaching out to a lot of organizations, and everybody, everybody is tight. And he, he, he's only gotten a story. He, the bottom line is, walk outside today and think of how you would feel if you would not have a house to live in, you and your children. The bottom line story over here, and I verified this story, is that this particular guy, um, and I spoke to him, and I spoke to his rub, and I spoke to other people, he does not have money for rent. Now, we heard this many times. He's getting evicted next week. I've called the organization. I've called Rabbanan for him. And there's only so much money that there is. And, and, you know I don't do this. You know I do this. But I, you walk outside, there's like, how could someone live without a house? Like, where is he going to live? There are no parents to go to. There's no siblings to go to. It, it's one of these cases, another cases. And everybody's trying to help, but there's not enough. There's really, really not enough. Here's what I'm saying to you. Because I, honestly, this is not, I, we're not, people want to give 1836 Give it to, other, to another stuff, and I don't chas meaning mean in a bad way. We don't have we don't have the resources. I have maybe one person who's trying to volunteer and help me with this to raise the money for him. Any of you who want to donate for this for this person, uh, I, can't, I can't give you his name. I was, he said you could give me. I'm not giving him his name. You know, I'm gonna try to arrange either with with Achiezer or or Jirut that uh, they'll take credit cards. So it'll be nonprofit. Text me nine one seven three nine seven two eight four one. Nine one seven three nine seven two eight four one or Rabbi Greenfield at gmail.com. I'm Blina donating donating hopefully some nice whatever amount of money, whatever. And I'm asking everybody also to be Mishnah with the Smith. So nine one seven three nine seven two eight four one. Um Rabbi Greenfield at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing week and all the best.